0: In our lives. And relieve ourselves of them. By giving God. Full control of our lives. And believing. No matter what that he is. Still in control. And so we have already looked at how. To deal with worry. And when worry comes. To remember that God is still in control. We have also said that. We need to rest. We need to relax. And don't get so busy that we forget that God is still in control. And last week we said, if you feel like you have damaged emotions, remember that God is still in control. And he restores our soul. Amen? He restores our soul. He is our shepherd and we shall not want. He also makes us to lie down. He restores our soul. So this morning we are going to be looking at how to deal with indecision. and We're going to deal with this because indecision can cause us stress. And indecision is really a sign that we are not allowing God to be in full control. In fact, the best thing you can do is to allow God to lead you. If, if your life is being led by the Lord in every area, you will live a better life. That's, that's very simple, but it's hard. It's a simple instruction, but a hard instruction to carry out. But those who live this simple instruction out in their daily lives, experience the full dimension and magnitude of God's blessing. To be led by the Lord is to live a life that says God is still in control. When your life is spirit-led, all it says is that God is in full control and indeed it is well with my soul. Amen? So how do we allow God to lead us, especially in decision-making in this time when we are so pressed to decide stuff, pressed to decide if we should get married or live celibate lives, if we should not be married, if we should have children, not have children, if we should seek a job or start our own business, buy a house or rent a house, should we just don't buy a car and just live because God soon come back for his world? Now we're going to have to choose, should I take a vaccine or not take a vaccine? All of these things are decisions, and there are some other simpler ones that we can get into. We have to decide where to live. Can I just live anywhere? Is a gated community the best? Or should I buy a piece of land and build my house? What is better? Or should I let somebody build a house and then sell it and I buy it from them? What what? What am I supposed to do? And when people are bombarded with all these decisions, many end up being stressed out by them. And some end up don't deciding to do anything. Some decide to do a whole lot of wrong things and just don't care. Well, what is God's instructions? Let's stand for the reading of God's word. Psalm 23 is our text. Last week we did verse 3 and we're going back to verse 3 because we did the first part of verse 3 last week. Amen? Come on, just lift the Bibles up and say with me that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 23 Let's read together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for the atmosphere of worship. We thank you that as we lifted our voices in worship, in singing songs, and as we worship in communion, and worship in giving. May this worship continue as we pay keen attention to your word. May we be attentive to the voice of the Spirit. Open our eyes to see your truth. Our ears to hear your voice. Our minds to understand your word. And our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. God bless this time and fill this place with the power of the Holy Spirit. God cause there to be strong convictions and changes in the lives of your people this morning. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. The the NIV uh, translation says, He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. You see, making the right choices in life determines how your life goes. In fact, life is a series of choices. If you make dumb decisions, you will fail in life. Again, let me say it. I said it last week. Where you are right now is is primarily based on the choices you have made in life. The choices we make, make us. We are our choices. All of us. We are our choices. Every choice we make has a consequence. And because of that, making the right choices can be very stressful. Yet we have more choices than ever before. So we, we have all these choices that can make us very stressful. Should I hold on or should I let go? Should I get in or should I get out? Should I stay or should I move? You see, when you can't make your mind up, it's like being bounced around like a pinball in a pinball machine. And there are many people who can't make their minds up. Have you ever said to someone, can you just please make up your mind? It almost sounds like you're getting stressed out by their indecision. Nobody wants to be left in limbo and what indecision does, it leaves you many times in what we call limbo. It means that you're neither coming nor going. But but listen to what James says about indecision. In James chapter 1, verse 6 and 8, let me just paraphrase. It says, he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Meaning, you're really in limbo. You're not coming or going. Then he says, he is a double-minded man and he says, unstable in all his ways. When you're not sure about things in life, it means that you're unstable. Come on, let me see the hands of all the unstable people this morning. I know. Hallelujah. I, I want to make sure I have company. Amen. If you have doubts, you are unstable. Oh, here. And in your heart. But really and truly, very few of us would want to admit that we are unstable. Because it doesn't sound right to say that you are unstable. But, but let me help you. The Greek word for unstable is even more interesting. Because it literally means to stagger like a drunk. So when you say you're unstable, you're saying that you're, you're staggering through life like a drunkard. When you can't make your mind up you're going to stagger through life. Have to make up our minds. How do we make up our minds? That's what I want to help you with this morning. Because I don't want you to make up your mind to do what is wrong. Because choices have consequences. Listen. It's not every good outcome is the right choice. The best outcome many times Does not necessarily mean, or uh, 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 because you have a good outcome. Keep it at because you have a good outcome. Does not mean you made the right choice. Amen. Let let me help you with that. All right. So I could buy the lottery and I win. All right. Get a whole lot of money. So the outcome is good. But the choice was wrong. Because I was not led by the Lord. I was led by my flesh. I satisfied the gratification of my flesh. Wait you to hear me? Amen? So, uh, a man decides to go out with a girl. And he has a good time. It doesn't mean that the choice was right. Because he may be married. So because the outcome is good, it doesn't necessarily mean that the choice was right. And we want to make right choices. And we're going to get to that this morning. Amen? So we're going to look at uh, different approaches that people take in making choices. But the focus is the mature approach to making choices or making decisions. And if you want to take that mature approach, the first thing you have to do is to let God guide you. And that's what Psalm 23 verse 3 is speaking about. You have to let God be your guide. The good shepherd not only feeds, he leads. God not only wants to feed you, he wants to lead you sounds simple, but many of us want to lead God. We want to say, God, I will go and you follow. That's not how it works. God is still in control. God has to go and we follow. Throughout the scriptures, it said the disciples followed him. We somehow want to reverse that. We want to make a decision and ask God to follow us in it. God says, no, 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 that's not how it works. I will go before you and you follow after me. He not only uh, feeds, but he leads. He not only provides, he guides. He not only protects us, he directs us. But what we want, we want the feeding. We want the provision. We want the protection, but we don't want the direction. We don't want the guidance and we don't want the leading. We don't, when it comes to us being protected, we don't want to have our own way. We want God to do that. When it comes to us being fed, we don't want to have our own way. We want God to do that. But when it comes to leading, we want to make the choices When it comes to being directed, we want to make the choices. When it comes about guiding down a particular way, we want to do what we want to do. All of a sudden we become, I'm an adult. But when we need provision, I'm your humble child, Jesus. You have to let God guide you. You have to let God guide you. God is the one who will show you will keep your life on track. God is the one who will show you which way to go. And I know you're probably sitting there saying, Pastor, I've tried to find God's will for my life. But it it doesn't work out. It's just not happening. You see, a big problem is that we don't understand how God reveals his will. When it comes to finding the will of God, there are four approaches we take. Most of us, not all of us. We, some take the mystical approach. And the mystical approach is, is, if it makes me happy, it must be God. This is an emotional approach to finding God's will. Uh, these are the people who want to be swept off their feet by some emotion. They want a quiver in their liver. They want some type of goosebump experience so they can say, I know what God's will for my life. You know those people, they have, to feel, they have to feel a shaking. Boy, that was God. I'm telling you. You, you know what I mean? They just Any look quiver in their liver, it means it is God. They, they want something mystical. They want this emotional charge and they say, yes! God want me to do it. Then others have the mathematical approach. Where they say, if it makes sense, it must be God. But it makes sense. Why wouldn't God... Come on. One plus one equals three. There must be God. Come on now. You know it works. It couldn't be anything else. This is the logical approach to finding God's will. They want some type of formula to figure things out. Nine steps to be nifty. Apply the recipe and life will turn out right. Ten steps to being the most wealthiest man in Jamaica. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Where can I get that book? They want to buy all the books and go to all the seminars because they want the the, the logical approach to finding the will of God. Then you have the magical approach. The magical approach is if it is unexpected, it must be God. In other words... Man, you don't say, a last night, me I prayer for me, that girl, you know. But, see, and as me, but don't pray, do so i pray, say, and step out. And you know what? One lady in the door. The same thing when me a prayer. I must God. I must God. Do you, do you know the devil can hear prayers? <laughs> I'm telling you. If you use a magical approach, the devil is going to say, oh, you love magic. <laughs> I'm going to give you some devil magic. <laughs> so you pray, and you and say, you know, Lord, Lord, need, and God, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. And your neighbor who has been liking you for a long time, call you and say, Babes, come over and have some money for you. You know, you know how long I've been thinking about giving you this. You know I want it now. And and many people will take that boy. As soon as I don't pray, I must God. The magical approach. It means that God will give them some fantastic sign. He will write something in the sky. Send them an email. All of these approaches leads to frustration because it causes us to miss God's will. And here's why. Because God's will is not a feeling. God's will is not a formula. And God's will is not something to be frustrated about. But there's a, a mature approach and a And this is the way to find God's will. This is what we're going to focus on. So how do we take this uh, uh, mature approach to find God's will? It's very simple. If you want to find God's will, know this. We find God's will by building a relationship with him. It is that simple. The closer you are to God is the more you know God. The more you know God, is the more you know God's will. Build a relationship with him. How many of you believe that a healthy marriage could work if people just wrote love letters to each other and never talk? Like all they did was wrote love letters. What I mean is that you cannot just... A healthy relationship with God cannot be you just reading the Bible. Let's look at how marriages work or should work. The people have to spend time together. They have to live in the same house and experience each other in every single way. That's a relationship. That's what you have to do with God. You have to spend time with God. It's more than reading your Bible. It's more than coming to church. It involves all of that. But if you want to know the will of God, you have to build a relationship with him. That's how it works. So how do we build a relationship with God? There are four things we need to do. And if you do these four things, they're actually the four steps to help you in making right decisions. They're actually four steps in helping you to know the will of God. The first thing you have to do is to approach God humbly. Approach God humbly. And this is not as easy as it sounds. Especially for men, because men don't like to ask for directions. Men don't like to read manuals. When they buy something, they try to fix it first, and when it's not working, they go to the manual. And oftentimes, they normally throw away the manual with the box. And they, rather, they call a brethren. And say, You know what? I mean, just buy a new fridge boy, I mean, don't even know where to put the door. Cause here's the thing, but it is not in our nature to ask for help. So we stumble and we get confused. And one of the things that happens when you don't ask for help and things go wrong, you get ashamed. So here it is that you and I are in the room and you take it upon yourself to go and do something without asking for my help. In the middle of it, you don't know what to do. You feel ashamed to ask now. That's what happened, ladies. That's what happened to the men when you see them sitting and say they will come back to it. Is because they are ashamed to know. Come and ask you, because they feel bad that they didn't invite your help in the beginning. So you get confused and you stumble. But but sheep by nature tend to wander, and like sheep, we have a tendency to get lost. That is why we must always be led. Because we are sheep. Sheep must always be led. A sheep that is not being led is a sheep that is going to wander. And that is why if you are not being led, you, you can't be a sheep for long. You can't survive as a sheep for long without leadership. You can't even defend yourself. That is why we need a shepherd. Isaiah uh, 53 verse 6. In the message Bible it says this. We are all like sheep. Come on, come on, just say that with me. We are all like sheep. You're not like a lion. We are all sheep. Who have wandered off and gotten lost. We have all done our own thing. Gone our own way. There it is. That is us by nature. We don't know God's will because we don't want to ask for God's direction. How often do we do things without asking God? And because it feels good, we think it is God. It started out right. I suppose David and Bathsheba started out good. But a good start don't mean you're going to have a good finish. We want to go our own way. And you know what we don't see too well either? We have poor vision. So let me ask you, how far can you see into the future? I, I don't want to go too far. How many of you know what is going to happen tomorrow? In fact, we don't even know what is going to happen this afternoon. So why would you want to trust yourself to make a decision about your future when you don't know what is going to happen this afternoon? If you can't tell what is going to happen five years from now, why wouldn't you entrust your life to someone who knows? What's going to happen 50 years from now? Proverbs 14 verse 12. This is, this is one of my favorite scriptures. There is a way that seems right to a man or a woman, speaking in general. But, it, but its end is the way of death. Listen, I have seen this in real life. A way that seems right to a man. Many times, the things that seem right to us, Is leading us into a path of death. So simple. To be humble is to admit that you need a guide. You have to admit that you need a guide. That's humility. Approach God humbly. Lord, I need guidance. Lord, I need the shepherd. I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I'm going to get into this later, but if, 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 if you're going to ask God to guide you, don't give God them up. Don't say, God, all right, you see them up here? This is, this, and here's where I'm going. Guide me. No, 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 no. Give him nothing. Tell him nothing. Say, guide me. Hey, hey, if you're single, don't say, God, who am I supposed to marry? Say, so Lord, I come to you. Where are you taking me? And if he takes you into marriage, God bless you. And if he doesn't, God bless you. But if you go and you say, God, who should I marry? Should it be this one or that one? You already made your choice, you know. You're just asking God to follow you. Your prayer may not sound that way, but God looks at the heart. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is the way of death. We have all made decisions that seems right, but eventually come to find out that it wasn't such a good decision. Some parts are dead ends. So the first thing we need to do is to admit that we need help psalm 25 verse 9 he leads the humble in what is right and teaches them his way all right god doesn't lead everybody the shepherd don't lead everybody the shepherd only leads the humble if you're not humble you're not going to be led If you're not humble, you're not going to be taught the ways of the Lord. You cannot find the will of the Lord unless you're walking in humility. He leads the humble. He leads the humble. So let's begin. We want to know the will of the Lord. Humble yourself. Many times we think the absence of pride means the presence of humility. It's not true. Sometimes they really have a pride issue. The problem you have is a humility issue. You can't humble yourself. In other words, well, it's really pride. When they check it out. You want to lead God? We want to lead God. And I'm learning to pray differently. Because I realize that many times we pray like we are in control. And God is our servant. So we tell God what God's supposed to do. And we give God our timeline. We tell him how his blessing is supposed to look. Or else we don't want it. That may not be prideful. But you're certainly not humble. Because the humble says God is in control. And if he is in control, I am satisfied that all things are going to work for my good. All good and perfect things come. So we approach God humbly. We also have to ask God in faith. We have to ask in faith. We wait in faith, but we also have to ask in faith. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. We have to ask. It means that you're going to have to talk. Listen, like I, I don't like, I don't like surprises, so I don't like surprising people. I like to ask you what you want for your birthday and get it. I'm not in no games and trying to figure out people. I, I, am, I, like, I like to ask questions. All right, what would you like for your birthday? And I would say the same thing. I would say, dear, what do you want for your birthday? Alright, you must know, I don't. I don't try to figure out people. I take it at the surface. Unless the Lord give me discernment. So if you want me to give you something and you're beating around the bush, good for you. I ain't going in no bush. So I ask. I said, what would you like for Christmas? What do you like for your birthday? And I do that. I think sometimes you have to be like that with God. You have to ask. And ask in faith. You see, we never come up with the asking idea. God did. God told us to ask him. Imagine your father comes to you and say, Ask me for what you want for Christmas. And you keep silent. He could walk away believing, obviously. You don't want anything for Christmas. He's the one who gave you permission to ask. So ask, and when you ask, you ask in faith. God wants you to learn to ask. If you know, if you want to know God's will for your life, ask him. He will gladly tell you, but you must ask in faith. You have to ask in faith, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let's go back to James 5 from verse 5 to 7. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Amen. I, I want to highlight some things from that scripture. James 1, 5 to 5-7. If any of you lacks lack, lack wisdom, what? Let him what? Ask of God. Alright? The first thing you need to do is to ask the right person. To make the right decisions in life, you have to ask the right person. Come on, tell the person beside you if you can. Ask the right person. Who is the right person? God, the first person we must go to is God, not man. It also says you have to ask with the right attitude what is the right attitude in faith? Let him ask in faith why, because wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view, that's wisdom. I want to see things from God's point of view. Because if I take my own, I'm going to make wrong decision. Because I cannot see in the future. I have to. Wisdom is really, God, what is your view on this? What is your view on this decision? Lord, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to go there? Or stay here? Because God works in our life according to faith. Because without faith it is impossible to please him. He wants you to believe that he will answer. Because he will. He will answer. If we ask in faith. The answer may not be yes. But God will answer. Because no is also an answer. Wait is also an answer. It is done is also an answer. Not this time is also an answer. The season has not yet come. It is still an answer. But God will answer when we ask in faith. You see, many times we ask God to guide us and then we walk away, not waiting for his guidance. We don't wait for his guidance. And so what that turns out to be is that it's really telling God what we're going to do in a, quest- in a form of a question. We give God information about what we are going to do, but we do it by asking a question because we don't stay to hear what God says. Ha- have you ever asked God, like, I mean, I can use relationships because they are very easy to use for us to understand. Like a person will probably pray and say, God, should I talk to this person? And they still continue talking to the person, you know. They don't hear God answer yet, you know. So they don't know if God wants them to even continue talking to the person. But they ask God, you know, God, what do you think? Should I have a relationship with this person? They don't get an answer from God. But they keep talking to the person. So here's my thought. The fact that you have to ask God means that something needs to be decided. And if something needs to be decided, you need to wait God until God makes a decision before you get into it. Why? Here's why. Let me help you. If I go and ask A man who I work for. Alright? Say to him, listen. um, I want a day off tomorrow. I want a day off tomorrow. Do I not go to work? Or do I wait on him to answer? Obviously, I'm going to wait until he answers me. Because if I don't go to work, He's going to say it to me, but I never tell you so. That's what we do with God, especially when it comes down to relationship. We, we ask God, God, should I really be talking to this person? But we keep talking to them. Without getting any instructions from God. And so by the time you know it, you're, so, you're so locked in. Because we can lock into some stuff in life, you know. And when we get locked in, it's hard for us to get locked out. And what happens, we get so far down the road that we begin to tell ourselves that even if God said no, we've gone down the road too far. You have to ask in faith and wait on him to give us or to give you direction. You have to wait on the Lord to give you direction. When the scripture speaks about wait, this is part of it. And this segues into point number three, which is attentively listen for God's response. You have to listen for God's response. Attentively listen for God's response. Why don't people hear God's counsel? Let me give you, there are three uh, uh, basic reasons why we don't hear God's counsel. You have turned your receiver off. You have tuned in, but you're not listening. Or you have tuned in to the wrong channel. So you can be on the wrong channel. You can be tuned in, but not listening. And sometimes your receiver is just turned off completely. The truth is, church, that God speaks all the time. We don't perceive it because we're not tuned in. There are many people who are not tuned in. God is speaking to you right now. God was speaking to you yesterday. God is Listen, God is always speaking to us. Listen, I'm watching TV and I know the spirit of the Lord telling me at bedtime. Because I know deep down inside of me I want to watch it longer. Listen, God speaks to us. There are times when you know that God tells you, don't bother go out on the road this week. Don't go, to, don't, don't go there this week. Don't. We know there are times when God tell you, listen, don't go on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you know it. God is always speaking, even in the simplest things in life. I mean, I know some of you are eating some ice cream, and God said, "Listen, you need to put that down right now." It is as simple as that, and you know that is not your flesh. You know that is the spirit of the Lord telling you. And then we say we can't hear God. We hear, but we're not listening because we don't listen to simple instructions. Like that, God speaks all the time. Come on, say that with me. God speaks all the time. All right. Job thirty-three verse fourteen. Because sometimes you may not believe th- these things are in the Bible, but they are. It says, "For God may speak in one way or in another way." But but here's the problem: yet man does not what perceive it. The problem is that we don't perceive it. We don't understand. We don't hear. We don't get it. But God is speaking. The indecision, the areas of indecision in your life right now. God is speaking to you clearly. He's telling you. He's talking to you. Thing is, are you going to perceive it and act on it? We don't perceive it because we are not tuned in. So, I'm going to help you to be tuned in. And if you're tuned in, you need to know what channel God uses. Love 101, that's not it. 91.9, that's not it. What channels does God work with? What are the frequencies? What what is God? Is frequency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what channel is God on? Where can I find God? Is it channel 500 on Keep? Which one is on the Flow Network? God uses uh, four primary channels. Four primary channels. The first channel that God uses are the the primary channel or the primary way that God speaks is through the Bible. Channel number one is the Bible. Alright. How many of you have heard God before? How How many persons in here want to always hear God? Come on, put up your hand. Alright, if you always want to hear God, you always read your Bible. That's it. God is always speaking through His Word. Amen? So if you want to hear God speak, here's your Bible. Start right here. You see, a lot of direction you need in your life is already in the Bible. A lot of the things that you're asking about, already written. A lot of the things that you spend, oh, you know what, I need, I need you to comment. Listen, sometimes when people come to you and say, listen, we need to pray through this. You need to say, but the Bible tell you what to do already. Like, don't let nobody come and tell you to pray for you no know, unsaved and on them work out in a relationship. It's in the Bible already what the Bible says. Come on, come, to, come go! I need you to come on, come on, join me in fasting for the next six months because, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to leave my husband and children to go and work. Uh, hello? 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 No, 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 no. That's not a prayer one, that's a Bible reading one. Listen, I, I need you to pray me through this lot of business because I need to know what I'm going to do with the money if I win. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. No, 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 no. We ain't praying and fasting about that. That's already written in the Bible. So let me find it and tell you what God says. You don't say to them, I already know what God has said about that. Amen? Listen, if I came to you and I said to you, listen. Boy, I'm not so sure about this, you know. But I'm planning on killing two people, you know. So here's what I want you to do for me. Listen, I want you to come join me from prayer and fasting. Because I need to hear what God's will is concerning this. What did you say to me? You don't say nobody. the Bible. said, thou no, shalt not kill. It's the same thing with the other things. Some of the times we waste our time so we partner with people in prayer about things that God has already spoken clearly. But the Bible is God's guidebook. It's a road map. But if we don't read it, we are going to get lost. If you're not reading the Bible, you're not going to know where to go. It's the same way you're going to a new place. If you're going to a new place, you need a map, right? Here's the thing. You're going to a new place. You're a new creation. All things have passed. All things have become new. It means that you need a new map for this country you're going to, this kingdom you're living in. And the Bible is that road map. And if you're not reading it, you're probably lost. You need to read the Bible every day. If you don't, you have limited, you have just limited one of the major ways that God wants to speak to you. But as you read the Bible, understand this. That you won't find his specific will while violating his general will. This is nothing in the news, but I want you to remember it. And I want you to say it with me. Say, you won't find his specific will while violating his general will. Said, You won't find his specific will while violating his general will. In other words, the things that God has said, if you're violating them, then they can't know what is specific for your life. So if you want to know the will of the Lord, it simply means you have to start by obeying what is in the word. Secondly, God speaks through teachers. Channel number two. God speaks through teachers. This could be a pastor. It could be a Sunday school teacher. It could be a godly friend. Or it could be a godly mentor. God speaks through them. Amen? Amen? I believe, I don't know, I believe God speaks through me. I believe when you come to church, that's God speaking. Sometimes you get offended. That's it, man. God speaking. Sometimes you feel good. God speaking. And I have to train myself that I'm not caught up in the responses. Because the same messages that offend somebody is a blessing to someone else. The the problem would be, is everybody is offended by the message and no one is blessed. But if one is blessed, then the message must be good. Even if if 99, you understand me, but God speaks through our teachers, our cell group leaders, our mentors, our Sunday school teachers, our godly friends. Proverbs 15 verse 22 says, plans fail when there is no counsel. Hallelujah. I could stop right there and tell it to go out of church and don't come back until three weeks on this message or word alone. Plans fail where there's no counsel. When you have things in your life that you're not talking to other people about to get advice, it's gonna fail. Because it's gonna be kept in secrecy. Alright, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you an example. Brother Desland and Sister Tennessee is a good example of this. Their relationship work. Because it was so open. You know what I mean open meaning? Everybody knew. Everybody knew that they were friends and that now they were dated. And they were talking to a whole lot of people about if they should, even though they were friends, if they should be. They were taking a whole lot of counsel. So if anybody saw Desmond talking to any other girl, they'd say, Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to the Tanisia thing, brother. And if anybody saw it, in other words, because of that, said the atmosphere. But you know, every relationship since I've been a part of this church that has been kept in secret has failed. Everyone, everyone that people try to hide don't work because plans fail. When there is no counsel. If you don't take advice, the scripture says your plan is going to fail. But with many advisors, it says they, they succeed. The idea that the world has given to the church is that, listen, me don't tell nobody me business. Because church people chat too much. <laughs> As they tell them something, then blah, 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 blah. I mean, people say that. Here's the thing. I agree with you. Church people chat too much, including you, including me. So what? As far as I'm concerned, everybody chat too much. So you just can't escape it. God speaks through teachers, cell group leaders, prior partners. Number three, God also speaks through impressions. Like impressions when people say, you know, God impressed on me. Like, you know, you have this thought. Uh, there, there, but there are two extremes, trains of thoughts here. One says that God never speaks through impressions. And the other says that every impression is from God. Now, you have to watch this because sometimes everything people feel and everything that come upon them, them see a God. Right? And, and some people don't believe. You, you can't say to them, God laid it on my heart because they don't believe in those things. So there are two, you have to be very careful because you're going to have some extremists when it comes down to impressions. Like every single thing is God. They eat all some curry goat with rice late at night and have dream and a God give them dream. You understand me? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, right? Not all impressions are from God. And this is because there are thoughts that run through our minds that are not too godly. But there are times when God brings someone to mind and you just see a little prayer for them. There are times when God may bring a particular sister or brother. Uh, impress the person on your heart and all you need to do is to just... Is to just pray in that moment. But not every time. Some expression it comes on to saying, and, and let me give you a guide to help you. If God tells you something about me. You don't need to tell me. Until God tells you to tell me. Not because God said it. Meaning you need to say it. That, that's a guide for you. One of the challenges we have. Is that every time God tells us something about somebody. We think God also tells us to go and tell the person. You know the scripture says? These things, they tr- Mary did what? No, she treasured in her heart. The Bible says, right? There are certain things about Jesus that she never shared. Though she knew. There are certain things that God will tell you about people that you need to just pray until the time comes for it to be revealed. It's not everything that God says to you, you need to say to the person. Amen? Because you'll be held accountable for your word. So God speaks through impression. So test your impression. Ask the question. Does does this thought bring glory to God? If it doesn't bring glory to God, it is not from him. What God uses. God also uses circumstances and pain to speak to us. God uses circumstances and pain to speak to us. Uh, Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. That's C.S. Lewis. God is always speaking. The question is, are you always listening? Are you always tuned in? As Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirit are crushed. Proverbs 20, verse 30, I love this. It says, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Hallelujah. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. God oftentimes is speaking to us in our pain. And speaking to us in our circumstances. David heard God while he was running away from Saul. And was in a cave. Jacob was running away from Esau. When he met God. Listen. Many times it is in our painful circumstances. That God speaks the loudest. As we close this morning. So we must. Approach God humbly. Ask in faith. Attentively listen to God's response. Finally, always trust God. Always trust God. He is still in control. Trust Him. Always. You are not God. So you have to trust Him. Admit that I am not God. He is. I'm not big. He is. And so He is in control. So put your trust. Anchor your trust And your faith forever in God, no matter what the circumstances may be. You see, an example of this is found in the Old Testament. The children of Israel were finally set free from slavery after 400 years. The whole nation start marching out to freedom. And the first thing they come up against is the Red Sea. Can you imagine that you hear that God come to deliver you? And all of a sudden you feel like you're free. And you're walking out and life is beginning to turn. And the moment you see life turning, then there's a big obstacle before you. And you begin to think to yourself, is this really real? Maybe it was a joke thing. Maybe I should turn back. I, I should just kill myself. I should just jump into this place and just drown. What, what must I do? Did somebody really fool me into believing that God is indeed a deliverer? Imagine how these people... 400 years you are cultured away and someone comes there and says that your deliverance has come. Imagine going through, let's not use further, 40 years of being abused in every single way possible. And one day someone says to you, I am rescuing you. And they take you out of the place that you are being rescued only for you to meet up in bigger, greater trouble. How depressing and disappointing that would be and it is in these times that we have to still trust god you see they hit a brick wall there is nowhere to go they are trapped but we know better because we know the rest of the story if you look at psalm 77 verse 19 to 20 it says about what god did it says your way was in the sea they didn't know that they didn't know that god's way was in the sea It says, your paths in the great waters and your footsteps were not known. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. It looked like disappointment. It looked like failure. It looked like giving my life to the Lord was, was the worst decision. But God assuring word says, his ways are in the sea. His path In the great waters. And his footsteps were not known. He leads his people like a flock. He leads you like a flock. Sometimes you just have to trust God. He is faithful. In fact, if you look at Psalm 23 again. He says, he leads me in the path of righteousness. And here are the four words that make all the difference. For his name's sake. Did you... He says, for his name's sake. Do you know what that means? It means that God's reputation is on the line. Therefore, God will always do what he has promised to do. Why? Because his reputation is on the line. God says, I have heard the cries of my people and I have come to deliver them. Listen, this was more about God than it was about Israel. God's reputation is on the line. Today, I want you to know that you must always trust God. Not because of you, but because over your life, God has put his reputation. And God is going to keep, in other words, God is bound to keep his promise. Why? Because his reputation is on the line. You see, if God didn't deliver them, then all the nations would mock God. And God says, whether you believe me or not, I'm going to bring you across. Why? Because my reputation is on the line. If it means getting rid of an entire generation, I'm going to deliver you because my reputation is on the line. If it means making the laws of physics and gravity change, I'm going to do it because my reputation is on the line. Come what may. Why am I going to trust God? Because God's reputation is on the line. See, God will always lead us where he will be glorified. God is not leading me where I'll be saved. He's leading me where he'll be glorified. And in that comes my salvation. God is not leading me where I will be healed. He's leading me where he will be glorified as healer. And in that I've experienced my healing. God is not leading me where, listen, he's going, to, he's going to provide. He's leading me where he's provider, where he's glorified as provider. And when I get there, I'll be provided for. It is God's reputation that is on the line. He's going to hold his reputation. You see a bend in the road is not the end of the road until unless you fail to make the turn. Come on, just turn to the person beside you and say, make the turn. Because I know you're thinking it's over, but, but it's just a bend in the road. And, and, and around the bend, there's a highway. Around the bend, you see, there's a clearer path. Around the bend, there's a, a way maker. Around the bend is a miracle worker. Just get around the bend by, by allowing God to lead you. I can't, I, can't, I can't see around the corner, but I know there's something around the corner because God has gone ahead of me. So the scripture says in Proverbs 14 verse 18, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter until the full light of day, the way of the righteous. The scripture also says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path." But, but I love Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three because the psalmist says, "The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delights in His ways." Church, I trust God because my steps are ordered. My steps are ordered. My steps are ordered and God is going to keep his reputation. My steps are ordered. So God is going to cause me. He's going to order my steps through the fire. He's going to order my steps. Listen, through the rivers. He's going to order my step uh, uh, past the lions. He's going to order my step in the prison. When sickness comes, God order my steps. When 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 death comes, God orders my step. When, when, when luck comes, God orders my step. I don't know if you know God ordered the step of, of Elijah. He ordered the steps of Elisha. He ordered the steps of David. He ordered the step of Ruth. He ordered the steps of Esther. He ordered the step of Peter. Listen, God is ordering your steps. Always trust him. Say, Lord, you are my shepherd. I always trust you. And my steps are ordered by you. I'm not going to take this mystical approach or this mathematical approach or this magical approach. God, my steps are ordered by the Lord. Order my steps in your word. Oh God. My problem may seem big but you know what? I know someone bigger. And he always does what he says he will do. He is my shepherd. He is the Lord and he is still in control. Come on, just stand to your feet with me this morning. Come on, just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Begin to worship the Lord. Just thank him for being your shepherd, the one who leads you in path of righteousness for his name's sake. Hallelujah! Come on, just tell me that Lord, I thank you that my steps are ordered by the Lord. God is still in control. The mountains may tremble and sea billows roll. God is still in control. Maybe you're going through sickness, but say, God, my steps are ordered by the Lord. Maybe you're going through painful circumstances. My steps are ordered by the Lord. He leads me. He leads me. He leads me. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands and worship him this morning. Worship him knowing that, listen, it's just a turn. It's just a turn. It's just a bend in the road. It's not the end of the road. There's a highway ahead. For our God is in control. There may be some potholes and some obstacles and some hurdles. But God is still in control. Out of my steps, out of my steps, Lord. Every, every move I make, out of my steps, Lord. Cause you are in control. I give, control I give you control, Lord. I give you control, Lord. I give you control. I give you control. I give you control. I give you, control. I give you control, Lord. All of my steps in your way. My step in out of my steps. Senior the I don't want you to leave here I don't want you to leave here missing the most important thing because we started out by saying making mature decisions happens when we build a relationship with God I don't know if you're here or you're watching online But if you are and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. He needs to be your shepherd. And for him to be your shepherd, you must be his sheep. And to be his sheep, you must accept him in your heart. Receive him as your Lord and your Savior. And so as we close... I don't want to end without giving you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to pray for everyone, but I want to pray for you in particular. If you're here and you say, you know what? I want to commit my life to the Lord. Or I want to recommit my life to the Lord. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to just stick your hand up. And as soon as I identify you, you can put your hand down. And then... I'll pray for you. Anyone here today you say that, you know what, I want to commit my life to the Lord. I want to recommit my life to him. Anyone? Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you that you will lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You are in control. We approach you humbly. We ask in faith. We attentively listen to your response. We will be tuned in to your channels. The Bible. Teachers and mentors. Impressions. Things that you impress on our hearts and our circumstances and pain we will always trust you Lord God as you order our steps in sickness we will trust you in pain we will trust you in lust we will trust you Lord God for those who have decisions to make and they're not sure may they ask you ask in faith God, you're not trying to hide yourself from us. You want to reveal all you are to us. So we pray in the name of Jesus that as they contemplate decisions that they will allow themselves to be led by the Lord. Because God, your parts are the best parts. They're the parts of life and Righteousness. God, we don't get to the end of it, but at the end of it, the psalm says that surely goodness and mercy will follow us. So we know that when we are being led by you, God, it may not look good in human eyes. We may may not be figuring it out, but we are not here to figure things out. We are here to follow you. We are not here to figure out God. We are here to follow you. So may we humbly follow you in all things. Even in the simplest life decisions. Oh, we bless you. God, we thank you. And we honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, just clap your hands for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, clap your hands for him one more time.